Sandy Purcell sounded like a guy who needed a drink if he could raise it to his mouth without spilling it. He got one while we were waiting for Marianne at the bar of the Hotel Kempinski. It was a double martini on the rocks, very dry, and he drank it down like Coca-Cola. I nursed a bourbon and water, thinking of Marianne. The last time I'd seen her was back in Washington, just after the turn of the year, when she told me of her engagement to Quint Hammond. "'If you keep on being my friend, and I want you to, Chet,' she'd said, "'you're going to meet him. Please try to take him, please. He's, well, he's sort of a high IQ Chet drum.' Marianne had smiled nervously. I guess I'd smiled, too. Marianne Baker is a staff writer for View magazine. She has twin sons, age four, named Wally and Chet. The first, named after her dead husband, and the second, after yours truly. I am their godfather. One night four years ago, a few days before the twins were born, Wally Baker borrowed my car. I was up to my ears in a murder investigation. Someone had wired a homemade bomb to the starter. When Wally turned the ignition key... He was blown all over a quiet residential street in Georgetown. Marianne kept her job at view, got a housekeeper to take care of the twins, and turned to me in her grief. Two years after Wally died, we had an affair that lasted a few months. It ended when I told Marianne I couldn't marry her. I live too close to the crumbling edge of violence. Actuaries don't make mistakes— and it's no accident that private dicks pay special risk insurance premiums. I didn't want what had happened to Marianne once to happen to her again. Now at the Kempinski bar I heard her voice. Chet, you're here! Thank God you're here! I looked up and saw her in the back bar mirror. Marianne's beauty is not the explosive kind that socks you between the eyes. It is understated, if anything, but it grows on you. Maybe the second or third time you see her, you do a little double-take and say, Hey, now this is a gorgeous dish. She is a small girl addicted to wearing tailored suits, like the one she was wearing now, which enhance rather than subdue her femininity. She is a brunette, but in strong light there are coppery glints in her hair. Ordinarily, there is a perkiness about her that is contagious. Somebody once put it this way, Marianne Baker has the look of a little girl about to smile with delight at the wonders of the wide, wide world. That look was not apparent now. Her face was drawn, and there were dark shadows under her eyes. She started to smile at me when I turned around and slid off the bar stool, but then her lips trembled and the smile went away. Hello, Marianne, I said awkwardly, and it got out of hand for a minute. I kissed her. It was meant to be a casual, big brotherly peck on the cheek, but somehow her mouth was there, and I could feel her supple body against me and taste the remembered taste of her. "'Come on, you fellers,' Purcell said. "'No hitting in the clinches.' We broke it up. "'Let's get a table,' I said, and signaled for the maitre d'. I stood back and let Purcell grasp her arm and steer her toward our table. All of a sudden, I wanted too much to touch her.' 